Hello and welcome to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, an hour-long discussion of activity in the financial markets around the world featuring columnist John C. Dvorak and money manager Andrew Horowitz. This conversation is casual and unrehearsed. Let's join John and Andrew now. I'm John C. Dvorak. And I'm Andrew Horowitz. And this is the 12th of September, 2023. And hello to you, sir. uh, Halfway through. Halfway through. You got, got a less Rosh Hashanah or something oh, coming up. That's right. It's uh, the Jewish New Year coming up this Friday evening. It's called Erev Rosh Hashanah the night before because uh, we can't do things in the morning or anything normal. We have to have it starting at the sundown. The what night year before. will it be? Oh, boy. Uh, let's oh. see. What? It's 57 right something. Right off the top of your head, you don't know? It's 57 something. Let's see. Uh, it's going to be 5783. Oh, 5783. Nothing special. And you know, what's well, what's special about that? Um, let's see. The Chinese year is like, uh, you're the rabbit. Oh, it's like 4719. You know what that means? It's like a thousand, no, what? thousand years that Jews went out, went without Chinese food. Oh, uh, there goes Christmas. <laughs> oh, it's Sunday night special, Chinese food, whether you want it or not. That's what is, that, uh, that's what happens in my house. It's crazy. So we have a big week. Uh, inflation is being eyed very directly. We have a CPI report coming out. This week, and everybody's all nervous because we've seen what happened with, oh, I didn't put that chart up. What's going on with oil? It's it's just out of control. And, and you know the thing about oil, you know this better than anybody, is that people say, well, you know, oil goes up and that's a bummer. It costs more for trucking and driving and airplanes and cuts margin than that. It's much bigger than that, isn't it? What, Oil? Yeah, oil is it goes into the entire petrochemical Everything. industry. It's, it's it's in it's in plastic, paint, asphalt, paving on your roads. It's 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 a roofing very, materials on your roof. It's I mean you name it. It's it's petroleum is involved. Isn't some clothing as well? Clothing, absolutely. Like in 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 um in polyester or something like or some one of those things. Polyester rayon, both of them. And polyethylene. Right, I've heard of that. So cool engine coolant. Yep. So it goes on and on. Thank God there was dinosaurs in the years back, or we'd be all schlepping around on horseback still. Yeah. But the thing is that that is a very big component in 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 all sorts of industry and living, and more than just transportation. And a lot of people don't really realize that, but that is going to be a huge component in the potential for a rise of inflation when the Brent crude is over 90, and WTI is nipping at 89 and change today. Matter of fact, let's look it up right now where crude oil is. See if I can find it real quick. 89 even. 89 even. So 89 is pretty good. The next stop on it, as I see it, is somewhere in the neighborhood of 92. Now, if it gets there. I'm glad you can predict it. Well, you can just look at the chart. The chart is screaming 92. And that's pretty significant when we supposedly are having a disinflationary environment, when we have China that's slowing down, right, or or dead, stalled. Why is this all happening? Well, one of the big reasons is we have the brilliant administration that said, you know, we think that it would be a really good idea 
to drop the price of oil through a release, a massive release of the strategic petroleum reserves. So let's just use basic logic, you and I, sir. If, in fact, that is true, A plus B equals C, A, they, they, they uh, release oil, oil floods the market, B, and C, price goes down, right? You with me? Yeah. Doesn't the reverse have to be true as well? Now you they have, think? Now they have to build up the strategic petroleum reserves. Well, hopefully but, they can buy low. Yeah, well, that's over. Because they, they they told everybody when they're going to buy it. We're buying we're buying it right back up. Yeah, it's dumb. They're buying it's high. Dumb, just dumb. They just you, you don't. Maybe you don't, they wanted to do it that way. What for the tax loss? For what? What purpose? What would it be? Why? I don't know. I'm sure there's. You'd have to find someone to explain it, but there's got to be something. There's got to be something. The 10-year yield uh, right now is uh, approaching 4.3% on the heels of this inflation report that's going to be coming out. Uh, we see one European country in particular is uh, the worst shirt in a very dirty closet. And Biden recently took a five-day world tour, which during his speeches talked about many times that he was on a five-day world tour. And that he can't believe that he did the world in five days. <laughs> Soft landing, everybody's talking about it. Uh, Janet Yellen was uh, on the plane on one of these world tour days as he was visiting these places and said, you know what, I think that uh, the situation really that we predicted is going to come true. And we have another Elon Musk story, of course. Uh, markets, September supposed to be a pretty rocky month. Not terrible, but not good. Definitely not all sorts of problematic yet, if it's going to be so, on the heels of a rough August. But we see that, we, for example, today, uh, last night, Oracle. So there was a big discussion on CNBC and all the experts were talking about it. And particularly Jim Cramer said, Oracle is one that you need to watch because Oracle has been the one that has taken all the cloud and the AI business with the cloud, the cloud computing, the storage and all that, they really have been a, a tremendous beneficiary of this latest move. So when we see what's happening there and their projections and their outlook, we really need to pay attention because it's going to be pretty important as a bellwether, if you will, or, or, or a, a proxy for the entire market of, 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 uh, you know, of this, of this area. Now, Oracle comes out. They miss on revenue. They beat a little bit on, on earnings, but their outlook was awful. Stock has the worst day since 2000, I think, in two. 2002. <laughs> yeah. Bad That's day. the one to watch. Now, do you hear anything about it after the close, talking about, well, you need to watch the rest of these names? Well, you know, the, the whole story is that maybe it's a one-off. <laughs> you know, that's how this goes. If it's good for the stock and it's good for the portfolio, well, that was good. If it's bad, eh, maybe it's just a one-off. Yeah, it's just a fluke. Just a fluke, just this one thing. China's starting to panic, which may be good, actually. There's a lot of things that are happening in China in terms of their uh, edicts on a variety of aspects of the financial markets. Really interesting. Um, two IPOs are on tap this week. We got one M&A and one food deal announced, and Apple... More China restrictions have been put upon them. 
So let's start off with Tesla. Big upgrade. Big upgrade. Morgan Stanley, Adam Jonas, who is a skeptic for a long time, and is uh, one of these guys that really likes to get in the spotlight. He loves to have very creative headlines. Yeah, I know the type. You know? Like Tesla will electrify investors or something like that, right? Or electrocute investors, depending on how you want to write the note, right? Uh, all these kinds of things. He's been there. He's been at $250 per share for Tesla with kind of a moderate to nothing, you know, lukewarm, but yet not exciting overall weighting of the stock, right? It's just, it's, it's, it's been boring. Well, all of a sudden he says that, you know, Tesla's Dojo supercomputer may add as much as $500 billion to the company's market value through faster adoption of robo-taxis and network services. So what's interesting is he's coming out with this big push on the value of the stock rather than the earnings potential. Right to get into the heart of investors that are looking for the stock price to go up. So now an interesting way of doing it in order to get the stock to move. Now, let's let's caveat and say something that needs to be said. Morgan Stanley is a major player in the area of Tesla, Elon Musk. They lent money for the uh, Twitter deal. You know, they, they're losing their shirt on that. $13 billion, I think, they, they, they lent to uh, for the Twitter deal. Couldn't get out of it. Remember, they tried to get out of it. They couldn't. And they do all sorts of other investment banking for, for Tesla and Musk and his whole gang of companies. So maybe this is just a way to get on the good side. But they said... Or keep it stock propped up. Yeah, well, of course, that. Now, what he said was Dojo can open up new addressable markets. You know, that's always a big thing, right? TAM, total addressable markets. You know, those one of those catchphrases that we stay away from. But they yes. now they're comparing. He goes further, just like AWS did for Amazon. He upgraded the stock to overweight from equal weight and raised its 12-month price target to a street high of 400 buckers a share from 250. Based on the fact that they're running a supercomputer? Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. Well, I'm sure there's a little AI Jeez. sprinkling in there somewhere. He says well, that... these, uh, we have these... Uh, why uh, driverless taxis all over San Francisco? Most cities don't have them, uh, but we do. And then none of them are Teslas. They're uh, Waymo's got some, and this other company called Cruise. And the and driverless, you know, they're causing, truly driverless. What? Yeah, totally driverless. Nobody in there. You they pick you up and drop you off. Um, Any accidents? No, not so much as they do as they freeze up. Uh, it, there'll be like an emergency situation. There's fire trucks and everyone running. The thing will just stop in the middle of an intersection and stay there and don't know what to do. That that sort of thing happens. Like, like shaking in panic? Yeah, panic. So they like, panic. So like the Mitch McConnell of cars. <laughs> yeah, they go blank <laughs> and stop in there and they, it becomes an issue. And so they've had to cut back. They've They've had to take a bunch of them off the streets because there were too many. And so they uh, said he decided that they'd cut back, but now they're back. They're not back to the full contingent, but they're, they're running these cars constantly. Um, and you see them all the time. I say, every time I go to the city, I see at least one or two of them. They're everywhere. Hmm. 
Well, this is the big, this is the big, you know, uh, th this is the, holy I don't know what Tesla's got to do with well, this. This is the Holy grail. grail. This is the Holy Grail. Yeah. Well, I just, again, I don't know what Tesla's got to do with it. They've, uh, there's no Teslas out there. Well, they, they, they're the whole point of Kathy Wood and of Adam Jonas and a variety of the other Uber Tesla bulls is that robo taxis are going to be the wave of the future. It's going to be do away with the fleets, the cars, the things that people drive. You are no longer going to have a car. Because basically, you or, or you may have a car, but your car will also be converted into a robo taxi when you're not using it. You don't use your car. I'm going to throw out a number, just a really light number. You don't use your car 85% of the day. You don't use yeah, it you from. You probably say 90. Nine, okay, 90. So you don't use it that much, that period of time. But there's plenty of cars on the road doing whatever they're doing. You might as well let your car go and maybe do a rev share with. The um, maybe maybe the fleet company or the car company, the robo taxi company that's running the whole deal, right? That has the software capabilities of doing yeah, so. That 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 element, uh, which is obvious, which you just stated, mm -hmm. is not in play. No, no that, one's doing this. No, that's it's, sorry, it's, no, but this is what the what the holy grail is. So it's not going to work. Why not? Because this, what that'll be fly by night stuff. You can't get. These cars, for one thing, they're all dedicated. They're goofy looking. Uh, no one's going to own any. I don't think so. I think they're going to be fleet owned by the companies because they don't. What's the point of sharing when we don't have to? I think there's that element. Why share when we don't have to? Okay, so you don't share and somehow you attach to a service where your car is computer programmed into an app of some sort that you say, okay, I am no, not going to use the car for the next four hours. I need it back at six o'clock at night. Take it at, you know, two o'clock. No, I think, I think the idea is sound, but I'm not seeing it. I don't see implementation. I could be wrong. Now implementation could happen. Uh, I think it's a good company idea. I don't know of anyone trying it. I don't, I've not heard this. I mean, you, I understand the mechanism completely and I understand your idea but I don't see any evidence that anyone's going to execute this it would be interesting to do it well that's this what reminds me of the early days of so-called ride sharing right which turned out to be glorified taxi service yeah and it, now there's who's doing it who who gets in their car and and ride shares anymore there are some in New York I forgot what those are called there's a few of those like curb something or red I forgot the name of it. Red tail? No. Anyway, there's some in New York that basically just run like buses. They're essentially car buses. They just run up and down one street and pick you up, drop you off, pick you up, drop you off. So like a bus would do it, just a route down Fifth Avenue or something, right? Up and down, yeah. up and down, up and down. Um, but here's the thing. This guy had a $250 price target for Tesla for a long time. He, he actually downgraded the stock. To equal weight, um, back in July, I think it was. And I think that was really interesting that he did this, right? And now all of a sudden, he's coming out with this new thesis about this supercomputer, which then, of course, they talk about supercomputer. They talk about, you got, you got to talk about large data models, not language models, but like the large data models that can be then scrubbed through AI because, of course, we know that Elon Musk has bought a butt-ton of NVIDIA AI chips to build massive servers to do just this. That's what the plan yeah, is. Yeah, but let's, you know, even if they say say they're, they, I don't know if this centralized idea works. 
the Cruise and Waymo uh, devices that are fly, driving around San Francisco, I don't believe they're networked to the to any extent. What they have to? What do you mean? They have to be somehow executed. Well, I mean, yeah, they get to the here go to this house or right. pick this guy up at right. this location. That's I think as far as it goes, they don't give him any more instructions. I think it's all internal. So it's like a virtual Louis De Palma. <laughs> Remember Louis De Palma? No. Look from Taxi. Was that Louis? Louis little. Uh, that was oh, Louis. Yeah, Louis. Louis De Palma. Yeah. Well, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, yes, yeah, that would be right. Okay, yeah. it'd be. Yeah, they say okay, go pick this guy up and drop him off here, and then then it's up to the little car, which has got maps on board and it's got its own lidar and all kinds of little things spinning around. They're funny looking. Uh, it can just. Do it. It, ha- it knows where to go, and it knows how to get there. Yeah. It doesn't do it from some central server. I mean, this was what, Johnny Five? Wasn't Johnny Five the car driver in the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? Uh, uh, oh, don't tell me. When he went to Mars. Maybe this is where Elon Musk is getting all his ideas from, is that one particular movie. Uh, what is the movie called? And it was a remake of it, too. Yeah, it was called uh, uh, something. On- sorry for the memory th- the movie uh, where you... Uh, Total Recall. Total Recall, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's, let's head over to China. We're going to exhaust that story. We'll probably bring that up. There's going to be a lot of times we're going to be talking about that because I think that there is going to be this discussion. I think this this upgrade and this notion of what he's doing is much more smoke and fanfare than there is actuality <clears throat> of, of something happening. I think he's reading into this and trying to really boost the stock, maybe to gain some favor with Musk for some reason. Seriously. Because this doesn't make any sense. Not not to mention the fact also that China's having a lot of problems. There's a big market they're trying to get into, number one. Number two, they've reduced their prices several times. Their margins are the worst that we've seen in a very long time. Even if they're selling a lot more cars, the profitability of the company is much lower. It's ridiculous. Yes. All right. Thank you. China freaking out. China's financial regulator on Sunday reduced the weighting, uh, the risk rate weighting attaches to insurance companies' holdings of blue chip shares and tech stocks. So there's a table, there's a list, there's a, 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 a guide that shows the risk factors of various assets that are out there, whether it's bonds, real estate, it's stocks, things of that nature. And uh, they didn't uh, sub-categorize uh, each of these, and that you get different levels of overall risk. And in regard to what China did, they dropped the risk. It's kind of funny. St- stocks are dropping, <laughs> and they're showing massive volatility. And the National Administrative, uh, Administration of Financial Regulation, the NAFR, um, said that the weightings for the CSI 300 would be reduced to 0.3 from 0.35. Now, that might seem like a lot, but it's like a 9% reduction in overall risk. Now, why would they do such a thing? By doing so, it allows the companies to add more of that at a and not increase their risk factor of their portfolio. So in theory, if there was a 25% allocation, because that's the level of risk when you add the risk factors of these and bonds and real estate and commodities and all the different things that are out there, right? That add up to a, you can't have over a five, let's say, right? Yeah. Well, now all of a sudden it's reduced down. Now, again, 
with which the makes back- no sense if you think about it. Of course, it makes no sense. It does make one piece of sense. The sense is that China's like, uh, we need you to be investing in stocks to hold up the market, please. That's what's going on. They reduced the the the, the risk factor weightings of the star market from the Shanghai area, the tech market from 0.4, uh, 0.45 to 0.4. So another about 9% reduction, give or take. So the lower risk weighting frees up more capital for insurers to invest. Because again, mm-hmm. they, they don't need to keep as much Good money gimmick. on hold. It's a gimmick. It's more than a gimmick. It's a total manipulation. Or as we like to say, it's a, it's a management of the process. So, and they also look, they also reduced down dramatically the risk weighting for private equity investments in the strategic emerging sector. So all this was, was a simple, similar to what the Fed does when they reduce rates or when Europe or China went on negative interest rates for the Fed funds rates. When you have money sitting on deposit, you'd have to pay them, which means you don't want to do that. You want to take it out. So what happened here is it's a push. It's a prod saying, hey, you know what? Don't worry about it. We got your back. Invest in the markets. Prop it up. So, but exactly opposite of what they should be doing from a risk management standpoint, right? Yeah. Well, see what happens. Yep. Now, there was also a report that China's economic slowdown could increase the risk of Beijing taking military action toward Taiwan. Now, can you explain that to me? Not sure what the lo- yeah, that's what I was just going to say. I'm not sure what the logic is there. Well, Biden uh, said that the exact opposite. So Biden said China's economic slowdown could decrease the risk of Beijing taking military action against Taiwan. And this was said by the Republican chair of the U.S. Congressional Committee on China. He said China's economic slowdown could increase the risk. So is this just one or more of those, if he says this, I'm going to say that. Yeah, that's becoming pretty common. Yeah, Reaches peak during the Trump era. This Not only can they not agree, they, just, they, they desire to disagree. It's a play. It's a plan. Staying uh, over in Asia for a moment, giving me a yearning for a big bowl of ramen right now, by the way. Uh, in mm. a weekend interview, Bank of Japan Governor Kazuo Ueda said that Central Bank could end its seven-year-old negative interest rate policy when achievement of its 2% inflation target is in sight suggesting that the Bank of Japan is maybe thinking about possibly, we don't know, it could be an official interest rate hike as well as an early uh, end to its bond buying program. <laughs> I say, I don't know. They have their yield cap policy. Don't they still well. have negative interest rates over there? They still have negative interest rates. They still have a yield cap policy of zero and uh, they're still buying bonds. Yeah, that so, doesn't sound right. The comments uh, got everybody like, oh, look at that. And the 10-year Japanese government bond yield was up more than five basis points to a nine-year high above 0.7, which is above their threshold. So markets are really pressing it pretty hard. The yen surged mm-hmm. 1% against the dollar. That's big because Japan, the correlation in of Japanese currency, the yen, to their equity markets is very high. 
Yeah, right now it's a one dollar one forty seven hundred forty seven uh, yen per dollar. But the yen's been weakening for some time. It's finally starting to come back. That's very bad for their 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 stock market as yeah, much. But look what it, it's been booming in in the wrong direction. I mean, now's the time to, for people out there to buy a Toyota. Yeah. Now, maybe this also was part of the Widowmaker trade. We've talked about this a hundred times where everybody's like, oh, the yen's finally, the dollar's going to go down against the yen. They call that the Widowmaker trade. Many have tried, many have died. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just doesn't, yeah. it's just not happening. They get in there. As soon as that opening bell of the eight o'clock hour starts, when the Chinese markets start, I mean, the Japanese markets start dancing around, the yen is off to the races initially, right off the bat. They're just boom, buying. Buying the dollar, selling yen, and that usually that jolt helps the the Nikkei, the Japanese stock market, because they are a manufacturing export based country, and that's very good for them, or very bad, depending on which way it's going. Now, in the world of tech, we got some tech, big tech, Qualcomm. Remember that company, right? It used to be such a fascinating company, and it's gone into I don't know, just average mode. Qualcomm said Monday that it will supply Apple with 5G modems for smartphones through 2026. There was a big problem and concern that Apple was coming up with their own chips or maybe going to use an outside vendor to either replace. Or even design their own. Right, design their own, replace, or work with. There was something, but it was going to be a bad thing for Qualcomm. Yeah, I would think so. So Qualcomm shares have been, you know, just languished into just, you know, they were doing okay, but the last couple of weeks, people were very nervous. Wall Street analysts and Qualcomm officials have previously said that they expect Apple to use its internally developed 5G modem starting in 24. So now Qualcomm get a two-year reprieve, at least theoretically. Right? We don't know. The, the, see, Qualcomm said that it will supply Apple with 5G modems for smartphones through 2026. It didn't say exclusively. It didn't say at the same level. It didn't say, um, you know, at a higher level. It could be some of the phones. Maybe Apple's going to start working to see if they can start installing their chips that they created slowly but surely to turn over. Well, Apple's jacked up about the idea of doing their own chips for everything. Well, of course. That would be kind of money. Cool. It's a money saver. Yeah, it's a big money saver. It's also a... And it's less, you can't copy it so easily. So mm -hmm. it has a lot of advantages. Yep. So supposedly this sale to the continued sales to Apple will boost their business, which reported 5.26 billion in sales the quarter of June. It could soften the blow of potential losing a critical customer. About 20% of Qualcomm's fiscal 2022 revenue of 44 billion came from Apple. So 20% of your business getting chopped by 26. That's a stock. That's a long-term theoretically, unless they can replace this business somehow, which I don't know. It's not like this. I mean, how, it's not how, likely. What are they going to replace it with? It, there's no new players. All right. There's no smartphone players or, 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 or nothing new on the horizon. You got the two companies, basically. Yep. And they're making all the phones except for, I mean, using other outside vendors mostly. And you do have Huawei coming in, but they're not going to uh, uh, make a dent in the. It's not going to change Qualcomm's fortunes. So something to watch, long-term potential short of that stock. I noticed that J.P. Morgan came up with a comment saying that 
the Apple has got an issue because of the Huawei 5G phones. And I'm thinking, first thing that comes to mind is, why is Huawei even in the game? I thought they were banned. I thought they were banned too, but they're, but they're not here. Yet. No, the other ones, a couple of the cheap phones are over here. You know, but you really can't, most of those are used, you can't use the networks here unless it's a, um, you know, totally unlocked phone or you, or you, you, you hack it with maybe a Wi-Fi. But most of those require, uh, you know, different level of chips. I mean, you can't just slide slide any chip in there. I mean, you have to, obviously, some things will work. But it, it seems that uh, most of Huawei's stuff is not allowed here, to be sold here at least. I mean, you can bring it in for your own personal use, right, if you have it already? You're, you're a yeah, you can, but I, I get of the opinion or of the impression that Huawei's going to come barreling in here and everyone's going to go, oh, well, whatever. How are they going to do that? I don't understand. I don't know. Ask JP Morgan. They're the ones that are saying that Huawei's got a shot at moving in on Apple. Probably on the international quadrant, not here. It has to um, be in China. Yeah, that could be. That could be. That could be. But, but again, China's starting to it, it, look. China, we talked about this. China's really smart, right? They figured out a way to screw with, with the United States. What they did was, how can they get back at all the different tariffs and sanctions and, and, and different kinds of restrictions that we're putting on them? Because they're bad, bad, bad people. We said, how Huawei is no good. You can't use this chip. The chip's over here is not going to go. We're not going to use your chip. You know, the whole thing they put, we, we did, right? Under Trump and follow through. Even though Biden said a lot of things tariffs and all these restrictions would be lifted, nothing's really happened in a big way. No, they talk a big game. They don't big do game. anything. So, well, they probably don't know how to do it. It's probably like- They that. know how to do it. They're just not doing They're it. They're not doing it. Okay, so what's interesting is I think China got fed up and said, you know, I know what we could do. They're trying to cripple us and hurt us and our economy is hurting. Whoa, you know what? Let's just go after the biggest company that does a lot of business with us. Let's just hit Apple right in the gut. And that's what yeah. they did. That's what they did. Yeah. They, they, they came out with last week a – the first thing was that Apple phones are no, not allowed to be used in in official government facilities. You know, you can't have an Apple phone in a uh, any, any of the government offices. Any government workers are not allowed to be using them. Then they came out with another one a few days later and said, you know, not only that, but any state-owned enterprise, Apple phones are not allowed to be used in. Which is most enterprises in China. <laughs> right, any major one. So, you know, it's not like the corner tea shop, but everything else, the banks, construction, developers, you know, all that. So what what is, you know, Apple was affected. It was 186 last week, closed today, I don't know, 179. A little bit of a bounce yesterday, down about 2% today on, you know, what was the news of the day, which was the big Apple day where they go and do that dog and pony show and the same thing over and over. I'm kind of, I used to like them and watch them all the time. No, they're terrible now. I used to set my lunch that day, clear the calendar. We're going to watch this. No, there's nothing there. I mean, the only big announcement was besides, oh, we got a new number on our phone called 15 and we got a new iOS 17 and we're using USB-C, which was required by the EU or they would have never done it. The only reason that is the case is that the, the everybody knows that the ridiculous nature of all the different charging cables that you have to get for all these different devices is the stupidest thing in the world. 
You know, there are, in the United States, if you plug something in the wall, an electrical outlet, pretty much two choices. You either put two things in the wall or three, right? You know, three-prong or two-prong. That's it. Yeah. You go to Europe, you go to certain places, eh, some of them have that, but some have the other ones that are the two, the three, you know, the big fat ones, the 220s. The skinny okay. ones, right. the little dinky ones, the one with that's in re recessed into the wall with the big giant, the big giant heavy duty one you get in the UK. Right. But basically, you know, it's country by country and there are adapters and things like that, right? To make, there's no, I don't know of any adapters from a lightning to a USB-C, do you? That are easy and everybody has and just has at their fingertips? Nope. And why does there need to be one when you have the various, I don't know, what are there, eight different ways of putting in a charging component to a camera, to a iPhone, to the iPod, uh, the AirPods? I mean, it's ridiculous. And to an iPad, it's different. They're all different. And even for that matter, a computer. There's no reason a computer can't be charging off a USB-C also. Right. A little bigger battery, but still. Point is that this is something that was long time coming. These companies ripped us off for years with all these different charging cords and then changing them from time to time and doing away with um, things like the the old uh, four and a half, is the four and a half millimeter? What was the, the little headset? Was it four I don't half? know. Four millimeter? Anyway, that and, and then changing it so that it was just um, lightning. You had to get those adapters. So something that's good that they're doing this. Uh, other than that, the Apple Watch, bigger and better. Um, but as you said, more of the same with uh, incremental. New color. Oh, yeah. No, we were announcing a yeah, pink. Seafoam green. People are going crazy. There is some cool new satellite communications for emergency situations. I thought that was cool. Roadside assistance and a few other things with satellite, that's smart. But other, other, other than that, it's it's been years now of incremental updates that are a giant yawn, fe yawn fest. What made Apple great with the iPhone over the years was the incredible nature. First of all, they, so they didn't have the Osborne effect. They did it in a way that spaced it out right and didn't really release any information until it was pretty close to the point, right? Yeah, they had, uh, and they would got bent out of shape if somebody actually got some good information and published it. Oh yeah, and it, especially if it was internal, right? The, the yeah. old, the, 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 you see these pictures of somebody slipped, heads would fly. Yeah, slip an iPhone to somebody at a bar, you know. Yeah, uh, classic. <laughs> anyway, what else in tech? Let's see, Nvidia. Oh, this is an interesting story. I thought this was really interesting. NVIDIA's supremacy in building computer chips for artificial intelligence has chilled venture funding for would-be rivals, investors said, with the number of U.S. deals this quarter falling 80% from a year ago. Here's the thesis. Because NVIDIA has grown so strong in this area, right, in this building AI chips, it's become so difficult for companies attempting to build competing chips and People are not willing to put money into this because NVIDIA is a, is a well-known, established player in this. So might as well invest there. All these other companies are like really risky. So venture capitalists are unwilling to fund, which then creates all sorts of problems because then um, you don't have any, well, it's like anything else, right? It's, it's like the drug industry. If they, if, they, if they cut the benefit of 
making it big by and funding it, you're not going to have discovery. Same thing with tech. Basically, yeah. So now a secret startup called Revos, which is working on chip designs for data service, has had trouble raising funding recently, said two sources familiar with the company's situation. Here's what I have to say about that. Number one, how do we know about it if it's such a secret? <laughs> okay. And yeah. two, maybe if they stop being so secret, they'll get some funding. Kind of the stupidest yeah, thing is read these things. Definitely like, oh. a logic to your thinking. <laughs> uh, let's see here. IPOs, Instacart. Oh, you got to for a moment. You got to just for a second. Look back and feel terrible for Peapod and Webvan. They would have just timing. Just hung out a little bit. You know, those guys from Peapot are just like, God Pets. damn it. Pets.com too. It. You must have put Pets.com on that list. I knew this was a winner. Nine billion. My God, we were years ahead of our time. If only, if only, if only. So now Instacart's going for nine billion. There's some issues there. There's a bunch of advertising revenue that's coming in. It's not only from delivery. There's some losses on this. There's some question about the balance sheet. But Instacart is going for about a $9 billion valuation. ARM has come out, and they've been coming out and prepping this and prepping us all. They've been greasing the skids on this deal. And it looks like they're going to be coming out in you know, a range of 47 to 51 bucks. I was going to say WebVan, Peapod, Pest.com, and the rest of them probably would have turned the corner if it wasn't for the dot-com collapse. Well, we wouldn't have the dot-com collapse if it wasn't for Peapod, WebVan, and Pets. <laughs> well, there's <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. True. You know, I mean, the valuations were out of control. And then if they weren't, you know, and maybe they should have used their the equity in their valuation sooner. Maybe that would have helped if they would have gone out and said, you know what, we're going to do offerings and not being so greedy that they were the best thing. Yeah, you thing. know, the greed got, yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. Yep. Only Gordon Gecko was happy. Um, the order book on um, the ARM, again, 47.51, top end of the range. The IPO would be worth and uh, create, uh, raise about $4.9 billion for ARM's parent SoftBank, giving the company a valuation of $54 billion. I think it was uh, only about un under 10% of the the shares are going to be let loose in the, in the IPO. So very, very small amount. And, that, and that's going to, potentially have a squeeze effect. It should be a pretty interesting play, especially because mm. we talk about it. We have some M&A. Jelly maker, Jam Schmucker, is buying Twinkies. The the, the, the owner of, of Twinkies, the hostess brands, for $5.6 billion. That hostess was out of business. That's, that's what I thought, too. Didn't they go out of business? I, I don't know. I, I was I, When I read this, I'm like, uh, wait. I thought Twinkies was done for. But $5.6 billion, $34.25 a share. Hostess shareholders will receive $30 in cash and 0 .03.000 shares of Smucker stock for each share of Hostess they owned. And Smucker has also agreed to assume all of Hostess's debt. Debt. Hostess on the news was up 17%. Schmucker's down 10%. And I think, I, I was thinking through this. I was sitting down, where's the synergy? I'm thinking to myself, right? Where is that, where is that point that is going to be really big and you're going to say, Wow, you know, we have a, a majorly accretive transaction because something that we're going to bring together, I got it. Strawberry jelly filled Twinkie. 
Sounds dreadful. <laughs> it's like a, I mean, I don't and know. By the way, Smuckers <laughs> as a product, not since I like to complain about products, they use too much sugar in their jellies and jams. This stuff's unedible. Yeah, it is. It is very sweet. It is very, very sweet. Oh, well, we'll see what happens. Should be interesting. Um, all right, I thought I'd talk about this. This is kind of from your neck of the woods. Of course, all the strange stuff that happens. I have the Florida man and the Florida stuff going on. You have the real crazies. Most of them come from California down to Florida. That's where we get them. We import them. But it, it seems that there's a, there's a raging new trend, a fad. It, it, it move over Tupperware. We have the new testosterone testing parties for men. Have you heard of these? No, I have not. This is news to me. And I will say that uh, I'd like to know how they do it. First of all. I, Was it pinprick? You need a you need a blood sample to get a testosterone yeah, test accurate. So, so you get like 100 to 400, they 500. Have a bunch of, they got to have a phlebotomist, a freelance phlebotomist in there <laughs> sucking your blood. They pay People are paying 100 to $400 or so per ticket for several blood tests. You know, they have a lot of these at-home blood tests. You can get you can get a fingerprint prick um blood let's see. Let me find this. Testosterone home test. There's a couple of companies that do this. Yeah, Everwell. Everlywell. Everlywell does it. Uh advanced home testosterone. test? What do you yeah. do? Pee on a stick? No, no, it's a blood test. It's a it's a fingerprint. It's a fingerprint sample collection. Hmm. Measures the total testosterone. It's this at-home test. As a first step in helping you understand if the symptoms you're experiencing, such as fluctuations in body fat or muscle mass, mood, or libido changes, may be connected to a high or low testosterone level. $69. Oh, look at that. $69. Ha, 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 ha. Look at that. So they must be overproducing the product. Um, Testosterone used to be a, uh, they have these androgels and these different things you can use. They're they're, uh, topical. And they're absorbed through the skin. And they used to be a product that was, I think, retailing for about less than $100. And then with all these Obamacare and all the rest of it, it's been jacked up to $1,000 for the same product. Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing that they're overproducing it because I think it's made from calves, hooves or something stupid. It's like some crazy process. And they've got too much of it, and so they're trying to get people to uh, start taking this stuff. I'm thinking hold there's got to be some on, reason for what, this. What's the calf's hoof? What, the cow's hoof? What? 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 Sorry. What is the cow's calf's hoof? That's got to do with it. I think they used. I think it's in the process of men. Artificial testosterone is made from pieces of cow cows. And I think calves' hooves are involved. I don't know for sure. Uh, I love it. Point is, though, I don't get this whole thing, right? So you get together and you're going to spend $250 and maybe you get a few different tests and you buy these things to deliver to the thing and you all sit around. Then what? And what? And what? Why would anybody go to this? It's only a blood test. Now, yeah, maybe. What, what kind of a party is that unless you're a vampire? I don't know. I, I think it's, I think what it is, is men with very low T. Want to get together with other to chat. The other men with low T. Yeah. How about this for an idea? This is a bull crap story that was just sent out there so you could bring up the Florida versus California thing when you know for a fact that the Floridians are crazy. Yeah, that's true. 
I'm thinking, though, I, I got this vision of all these guys sitting around in these sweaters with their legs crossed, <laughs> okay, chatting and eating cucumber sandwiches. Yeah, they have to be cardigans. Let's get that straight. Yeah, yeah going, oh, I'll go next. I'm nervous, but I'm going to go next. Do you think I have low T? I don't know. Big Diamond, uh, Diamond Giant El Rosa PJSC said in mind a 390-carat diamond of jewelry quality, the largest recovered in Russia in a decade. The company under which sanctions are, you know, linking them, you know, they have all sorts of problems found that's in mind. That's a big rock. That's a big rock. I mean, that's not something you put on your finger. That's a bowling ball. It's a non-standard shape and bordered by a yellowish-brown halo. This is the kind of thing that you're going to put in a museum somewhere, and one day you'll have, like, a James Bond movie about somebody stealing it. Yeah. So it's the biggest gem diamond mined in Russia since 2012. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, mm, Europe. One country is Europe is set for a prolonged recession this year. The only major European country to experience an economic contraction during 23, according to fresh forecasts by the European Commission. Can I guess? Yeah, yeah no. Germany. Yes, you got it, sir. Ding, ding, ding. Europe's largest economy is predicted to post a 0.4% fall in economic activity this year. That's 0.6 percentage points lower than the estimate made in May. According to a commission, so they dropped like a one percent since that period of time. They've so, shot themselves in both feet. Yeah, well, too much reliance on uh, one one country that wind, wind, and because and also energy sources from Russia. Right. They, yeah. They, they were. They were. Yeah, and then they closed down their own nu nuclear power plants, which were fine, mm -hmm. but they were bad for some unknown reason. Dirty. And Dirty. Uh, put themselves in a bind, and now they're wondering what's going on. They're very mismanaged country. Didn't we just talk about a few like months ago how the first nuclear plant in the United States is up and running? Yeah. <laughs> is any anything any 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 are we all is a nuclear I is haven't heard not anything. They don't want to talk about it. But nothing bad. The only thing going on bad is that we're releasing radioactive water into the ocean from Fukushima. Yeah, that's to that's the Japanese. They claim it's fine. They claim it's fine and they you know they did. They ate sushi from the waters outside of Fukushima. I'm guessing they're probably correct. The number of uh so they have some calculation, and it's, it's, it's quite low. And the ocean's pretty big. I think they can dilute it. Well, we'll, we'll see. I mean, the, the half-life of this radiation is not like a year or five. No, but it's like, do you know, do the engineering, and you'll see it's not an issue. I mean, there's natural radiation in the water, too, just generally speaking, and uh, from all kinds of sources and Slower than that. Mm. Deal. We had a big deal uh, in, in Biden on his five-day world tour. <laughs> I toured world the world tour. in five days. I've run around the world in five days. Can you believe it? Uh, somehow, when he was over there, Vietnam decided to sign an initial agreement to buy about 50 Boeing 737 Maxes, which is interesting uh, because, first of all, it's a deal worth about $10 billion. You know, you think about these companies, by the way, the two majors. You know, there's other ones. But Boeing and Airbus, we've talked about this. Boeing, I mean, it's just, it's, 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 it, unless something really different comes along, like, I don't know, jetpack travel, um, supersonic uh, 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 
you know, hyperloops uh, throughout the country, and I don't know what, but there's going to be an ever need for in the next number of years for for planes. Yeah, and, and these companies like Airbus and Boeing, what they do is they they you know you think well Vietnam Airlines, my God, they're going to spend ten billion. They're probably going to borrow the money from from Boeing. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. So it's a great deal overall. Boeing makes the VIG. It says, you know, buying a car from Ford. You borrow the money from Ford and you buy the car from Ford. You know, it's, 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 it's crazy. Great business. Now, what's interesting about this deal is that Vietnam, histor- uh, Vietnam Airlines historically has only used single engine, uh, single aisle, excuse me, not engines, single aisle Airbus planes before. So... Uh, well, the Max is single aisle, isn't it? Right, but they bought it from Airbus. They're buying, but they're buying it from Boeing now. They never bought from Boeing before, and this is yeah, but it's still a single yeah. aisle yeah. little plane. Right, but the point is that well, the Max gets better mileage or something. I, I didn't know what these guys, what the sales pitch for that plane is. The Max, they 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 think the the sales pitch is we think we found all the problems. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? well, there's that. <laughs> uh, Elon Musk. He uh, supposedly there's a story going around that he ordered engineers working on the Starlink internet company to cut off the services over the Crimean coast to prevent an attack on a Russia warship. Yeah. So the story's been debunked from every direction, and no one wants to pick up on the debunking. I picked up on the debunking. The fact is, I saw that Walter Isaacson talking about it this morning, and uh, th- this was a quote from his book, or this was a story that was emanated supposedly from supposedly in the book. Yeah. yeah. But. Basically, you know, what was said was that it was always off. The area around the Crimean um, ports, the Starlink was was somehow disconnected, right, or, or unavailable, preventing well, all. My this. understanding was it was never put up in that area. Right, that's what I'm saying. They didn't. They didn't have it active. It didn't exist. Right now, supposedly Russian officials told him that if drone attacks go through, that it would lead to a nuclear war. So I don't know how this story got that either. This whole story, this is part of a concerted hate Musk effort by the left and news media people that hate Musk because he kind of opened up Twitter when he really hasn't done anything to Twitter as far as I can tell. Uh, And they all quit Twitter and went to Mastodon and they're all mad. And so they create these phony stories. It turns out the way I understand this 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 particular situation, that the Ukrainians finally went to the se- more secretive CIA satellite networks to use their uh, their uh, positioning. So, uh, yeah, something was wrong with the story from the beginning. I, I mean, when I read it, I'm like, wait, let me get this straight. Somebody's telling Elon Musk that if a drone attack goes through, we're gonna have nuclear war, and he's and how does he know? What's happening when? It's and a bogus story. Because think about how he would know about this. That means he had to be listening, not him, but his company, listening, which he may have. Uh, that's possible, I guess. But something about it was weird. And um, you know, wh- why would it be one man doing it? And by the way, if it was, and if this is true, if, if, let's go that route for a second. If this is true, there's a lot more at stake for him. You can't be doing this, you know, basically one guy, um, making the rules over wars in different countries. That's just not non-U.S. You know, it's, it's bad. It's very bad. I'm not saying it's true. Mean, if, if it was. Like Biden? Well, he's president. He's, he's allowed to do stupid things. Recent uh, story uh, out from FactSet. 
Faxet comes out with some great stuff. You can actually get, uh, John, you may like this, because you can get go to Faxet and get uh, free reports that come out on a regular basis about earnings and tidbits about earnings calls and estimates and things of that nature. Really good. They'll send it to you for free. It's, it's not, it's not, it's anybody can get it. Um, send me a link. And just go to Faxet. Fact set. Fact set. Fact set. Earnings. And then it says, you know, you get a list of what you want. Now, Highest mentions in conference calls ever, 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 which would make sense. 177 of the S&P 5 companies that held calls, quarter over quarter increased more than 50% talking about AI. Have we talked about this? I feel like we talked yeah, about well, this. Yeah, well, not about this particular story, but we've talked about how AI has become some, you know, the blockchain of the, of, the, of the year. It's interesting to note that S&P companies have cited AI in quarter two earnings calls. This is where it gets really interesting. Listen to this have seen a better average stock price performance in recent months compared to S&P companies that did not cite AI on Q2 earnings. We noticed this, yeah. For S&P 500 companies that cited AI on Q2 earnings calls, the average change in price since June 30th is negative 0.8%. Let me read this. And the average price change since December 31st is 13.3. So they're down a little bit since June, up a lot for the year. For S&P companies that did not cite it, the average change in price is negative 2.3%, and the average change in price since December is 1.5%. So the year differential, the AI sightings, is 13% on average versus 1.5% for those that don't talk about it. So what are you going to do if you're running a company? AI, AI, AI. AI. Yep. How you doing, John AI? You know, yeah, that's, exactly. <laughs> um, last thing on the list that I have to talk about, two things actually I have to talk about. Uh, what Fed blackout, uh, thank God we don't have Fed speakers until the 20th of September when they're going to come out with their, race, their rate uh, uh, meeting. It's only you know, a week away. I know, but it's, it's going on. It's, it's a total of almost two weeks. Thank God. It's so It's peaceful. It's peaceful. I don't sleep when these guys are walking around talking all the time. It's annoying. Really, it's terrible. So, anyway, AI. Um, we got to do another close to the pin. I gotta let me write something down here. Uh, I gotta get a piece of paper. Hang on. Do you have a company we could think of? What is this here? Uh, you know what? Did we do AMD yet? I think a few times, probably. Did we do Nvidia? Probably. Give me another name. Anybody else? Oh, I got one. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we haven't done Intel. We may have done Intel, but we... So e Intel, AMD, I'm going to write these all down, okay? NVIDIA, and uh, anything else that's exciting. What else is exciting? Exciting. I mean, we, if the IPO comes out, now nah, that won't have enough time for me to do that. Um, I was going to say uh, the IPO for good. ARM. No. Uh, food, clothing, any clothing. Chipotle, which you hate. Um, what else is moving? All right, well, we'll look at them close to the pin. How about Target? I hate them too. Yeah, yeah so many things you hate. Okay, the list is much longer for what you hate than what you like. Okay, uh, I also mentioned the thank you everybody for uh, all their great donations, and it's important to continue on doing so. If you're listening, you're enjoying, you're finding what we're saying educational, informational, or maybe even entertaining. Go over to DH Unplugged, click on the donate button. And just pile on, pile in, pile on, pile in. It's the way that we uh, keep this whole thing going. 
And as I mentioned, uh, it keeps the servers going, all the games going, all the things that we have, and the trophies, the money we spend on this. Keeps it, a, you know, it just keeps it all going. So thank you for that. And thank you in advance. Thank you in advance for uh, please, what do they call it? It's uh, please and thank you, as they say in the restaurant business, to just, yes, you are going to do this. That's what that says. <laughs> please and thank you. So yeah. uh, anyway, let's uh, get to the game. This is a game that we play. It's not a solicitation to buy or sell any security. It's not a recommendation of any kind. Nothing on the show should be considered investment advice or a recommendation. If you choose to invest in any of the stocks mentioned, you should know that it may carry risk, along with the risk of a loss of principal. You should also seek out professional financial advice for your particular situation. We assume no risk as these are not to be considered recommendations. Horowitz, company, myself, or John C. Dvorak may invest in any of the securities mentioned, and we'll disclose that on the website under the weekly stock picks section. You can go to dhunplugged.com and see all the names we discuss in the segment, along with the performance information from the date discussed, as well as any additional important disclosures. Uh, right, one, can th I make one thing to note, I just want to note something, that uh, some of the long, long, long ones finally came off last week and so, so they're off. Yeah, well, that happens after they've been on for two or three years. But what's interesting on this particular uh, list is we have a total of four longs and 10 shorts. Wow. The shorts wow. are all up. All of them are up. All of them. And the longs are two down and two up. Hmm. What is that saying? It's telling you that we're in that moment, which doesn't last forever, where shorting is not a bad idea. Ah, gotcha. And some of the shorts are, are, are doing pretty well. I mean, Beyond Meat is beyond bad. Uh, AMD is down 13%. Target down 8.5%. That was like a slow, that was slow. That was like a slow grind lower. Yeah, it's going to keep going slow. Yeah, bad. Uh, and, oh, oh, uh, oh yeah, we shorted the EF, EUFN, right? It was short of the, I'm surprised that's still on from, since May. The banks in Europe, that, that's the, um, the EUF, EUFM, the iShares MSCI Europe banks. I'm really surprised that, that they haven't hit a stop in all that time since May. So yeah, banks, it is pretty peculiar. Mm, banks aren't doing well. NVIDIA, we got a, in short on NVIDIA is up five and a half percent. Short on yeah. Netflix up 2%, which is unbelievable again. Tesla short up 3.2%. Uh, That's probably going to get stopped out soon. Uh, maybe not. 267, maybe. Came up about 8% from where it was, so it's not there yet on the stop. Good stuff. I got two stocks. I got... Um, and, you're go and you're persisting on going long. Well, I, after you said this, I was going to wipe them out, but I didn't think that would be fair. But these uh, these stocks have been beaten up. to. Well, the first one has been beaten up. It's beaten up solar play. End phase energy. This is a stock that I've liked for a while, but uh, I think pulling the trigger now is a really good idea at the basing of that uh, chart that I've chart pattern. Great fundamentals. Question is, is solar going to get back into favor? That's the question. Second thing is uh, a short squeeze play. Its stock was um, probably about 52 at the high, moves around a lot. This is Shark Ninja. This is, you know, you see on TV the Ninja vacuum at 4.30 in the morning, the, the, the Ninja vacuum cleaner. At 5, it comes on the, um, the, 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 or the Shark vacuum cleaner. And at 5 o'clock comes on the Ninja bullet, right? You know what I'm talking about? The, uh, I have some Ninja project there you go. products. There you go. That's the stuff. Looks They're like a squeeze an excellent coming. company. And my son, who's a, kind of a fan of these sorts of things, says that they're probably one of the few companies that are making home creative home appliances. Yeah. 
uh, at a really good price. Yep. They, they're not expensive. They're not a ripoff and they make, they make a good product at a good price. Yep. So there you go. Shark Ninja. SN is the symbol on that. And N phase symbol is ENPH. Make sure to go check that out on the, on the page. What do you got, sir? I'm going to do one more short. And this is based on my thesis, which I came up with a few, I don't know, like I said, insiders, you normally don't short when they're selling. It's less, there's more than one of them doing it at the same time. And I have that situation again. And the company's Amcor Technology, AMKR, is a semiconductor equipment uh, operation. It's already way down, but it's, uh, you know, it's something happened that was bad and the stock plummeted. So what's this, we're gonna say um, multiple multiple mul, um, multiple, sa multiple insider sales, and not a little sales either. These are a quarter of a billion dollar each. That's on the short side. A M K R is the symbol there. Let's make that a John pick, so that it shows through on that. Okay. All right. With that, we are uh, way, way out of time. Way out of time. So okay. I will uh, well, I will see you after Rosh Hashanah, on the other side between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. That 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 period that God opens the book, and we enter into the Day of Atonement and uh, look back. The Day of Atonement, yeah, well, that's something you could use. I, I need a weeks of atonement. <laughs> weeks of atonement. <laughs> All right. See you next week, Tuesday. Bye. You've been listening in on a conversation with John C. Dvorak and Andrew Horowitz. Hope to be with you again soon. Bye-bye. Now, I'm not broke but badly bent. I'm not down to my last cent because I got a dollar, but it's my last dollar bill. <laughs> yes, sir. In my pockets, there's a dent. All my dough is nearly spent, but I got a dollar, and it's my last dollar bill. Oh, I'd love just one more buck fortune left me by chance. Now, here's a hint. I feel like a man. You can hardly tell by a glance. I don't care. No millionaire can give me the ice and stack. Because I got a dollar. My last dollar bill. <laughs> Horowitz Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.